Well, welcome to Local Matters. Uh, my guests today are Dr. Kim Hanna, Interim Dean of the School of Nursing at Tennessee Tech University, and Rebecca Talbert, Professor Emeritus of Nursing and former Associate Vice President for Academic Affairs at Tennessee Tech. Kim and Becky, thanks for, for being here with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Well, and, and Becky, I know you are one of the founding members of the Tennessee Tech School of Nursing faculty, and and we want to talk today about the great things happening in the School of Nursing. And I really can't think of two people more qualified than you two to, um, to talk about this. So tell us a little bit about your background. Kim? Well, I'm proud to say that I'm an alumnus of TTU's nursing program. I graduated in 1983 from the second graduating class, and I was very fortunate to have uh, Professor Talbert for my faculty. Wow. And so I, I'm very pleased. And then later, she was my uh, associate vice president for academic affairs when I became faculty. So that was that was excellent. Um, after graduation, my main objective was to obtain my master's degree, which actually took me to Nashville. I went to work as an RN staff nurse at Vanderbilt University Medical Center in GYN Oncology and later transitioned to their postpartum and high-risk antepartum unit, where my love of perinatal nursing was fostered. While I was at Vanderbilt, I obtained my master's degree in perinatal nursing and went on to be the director of Vanderbilt's perinatal parent education program. In 1989, I relocated to Cookville and was fortunate to become a member at TTU, teaching in a variety of courses. Among them was the women's health course, uh, as well as leadership and management. When TTU um, wanted more doctorally prepared nursing faculty, I was excited to pursue my studies at Walden University, where I received my Ph.D. in human services with an emphasis in marriage and family counseling. I've been a faculty member at TTU for 28 years and most recently was appointed the interim dean last August. I'm honored and humbled to be in this position in a nursing program that is so well respected within the community and state with exceptional faculty and staff where our nursing graduates are among the best and the brightest. Well, that's great. And it's it's great to have you at Tech. Uh, now, you used a word that our audience may not be familiar with, and I don't know that I could define it, and that is perinatal nursing. So what's a perinatal nurse? A perinatal nurse is a nurse that works with an antepartum patient, which is an obstetrical patient, a patient that is pregnant. They work with them during their pregnancy um, and then after their pregnancy and work with the neonate after that. So perinatal nursing is is where you would deal with the uh, obstetrical patient. Well, that's great. That's great. And Becky, you've been associated with this school of nursing for a long time. Tell us about your background. Thank you, Bob. I was raised in Tennessee and in Cookville, particularly middle school, high school. But at that time, there was not a nursing program in Cookville. And I got some good advice from a couple of nurses who practiced in the area who said, if you want to get a college degree, and that's what my father was insisting that I do, then there are two in the state. So they were at UT Memphis and Vanderbilt. And so I went to Vanderbilt because my father knew it was much closer to home and he didn't want his little girl going that far away. Um, So I graduated from Vanderbilt and at that time uh, went out of state uh, with my husband and worked in Texas in nursing and then later in Arkansas, obtained my master's degree at the medical center in Little Rock and taught nursing there and at UT Nashville and uh, then moved back to Cookville. And at that time, there was already a grant proposal for the School of Nursing at Tennessee Tech. 
And I was very excited at that time and went in and talked with someone at Tech who was working with the grant. And they were hopeful that the grant would be starting. And it did get approved three months after we moved to Cookville. And so the dean was hired within about four months of that and hired me as the first faculty member because I did have experience. And additional person was Carolyn Whitaker, who was a nurse practitioner in Macon County. And we worked for two or three months until other faculty were hired, just beginning getting some equipment together, getting furniture together, looking at curriculum and admissions and so forth. Tennessee Tech has had a long history of a great pre-nursing program for advisement. And those students then went on to UT Memphis or at that time also the University of Alabama in Huntsville would admit nursing students without out-of-state fees. So some students went there because it was closer to Tech. Then um, we started working with those students at the sophomore level and admitted them starting in the clinical junior major in September. So we had 26 students that started that first year, and it was just very, very exciting to be a part of a new program. Uh, We had some outstanding products, as you have known, by uh, Dr. Kim Hanna and many others who've become leaders throughout our state particularly and other states as well, but about 93% of our students stay in the state of Tennessee, our graduates. And that's and, great for uh, for Tennessee and great for the Upper Cumberland region. A yes, lot of them stay yes. right here in the, in the <clears throat> Upper Cumberland. When we started the nursing program, there were five master's prepared nurses in the Upper Cumberland region, if we take the 14 counties that we call Upper Cumberland. At that time, there might have been between 150 to 200 RNs. Now we see something like uh, over 1,000 practicing RNs from our program in the Upper Cumberland. So there are about 2,000 RNs now in that same Upper Cumberland region. Many, many master's prepared nurses and some doctorally prepared nurses now, and many of them at Tennessee Tech, but some not at Tennessee Tech. Right, mm-hmm. right. Now, when you started, you were uh, housed in the the old campus school. Yes. Is that correct? Yes, and I attended school there from the fourth through the eighth grade. So it was really uh, interesting to me to be uh, sitting in the fourth grade classroom uh, working on nursing curriculum, and that's where I started school that year when we moved to Cookville. Um, the The building was remodeled to fit the School of Nursing's curriculum needs and worked out very, very well. But it was an older building. It had been not allowed to continue as an elementary school because it didn't have enough egress for the number of students that could be housed in the lower level. And uh, therefore, it was not utilized for an elementary school anymore. And there were a lot of strong feelings, I think, that Tech fixed it up to use it for the nursing school, but, but it was not still going to be an elementary school. But we, we, we got through that, um, and we had nursing labs in the lower level along with a, a nice student lounge and then all of our classrooms on the above level and faculty offices. But over the years, the building deteriorated, and the heat and air deteriorated, and the university paved more up at higher ground level than that building was. And so the drainage started coming down mower. And water started building up with big rains in the basement of the building and increased problems there. And so uh, we had to move out uh, several years later. And you probably stayed there and in other temporary facilities much longer than the faculty would have liked. Oh, yes. 
waiting on that new building. And at one point, the nursing faculty and classrooms were scattered in several locations across campus. And that's particularly disturbing if you've all been together in one room and in one uh, large building. Many of the courses are team taught. That means that there may be three or four faculty members working with that group of students. So that is a problem if you're scattered out and have to try to come together and work with students, moving clinical labs, that sort of thing. The old library was used then for a while, the Jerry Whitson building. Yeah, you moved all over the campus during that time. Yes. Well, this is Local Matters, and we are talking to Dr. Kim Hanna, Interim Dean of the School of Nursing at Tech, and Rebecca Talbert, one of the founding faculty members at uh, the School of Nursing. Kim, we've uh, we've talked about the, the School of Nursing and sort of its history, or at least a little bit of it, but tell us about it currently. How many students are, are in the school now? Currently, we have 700 students. Of those 700 students, there are 369 upper division, which mean they are in sophomore and above in within the program, have it been admitted into the nursing program. We have about 229 lower division students. Uh, of those undergraduate that are within our upper division, we have an accelerated program. We started that back in the fall, so that was a new program for us, even though we had piloted a program several years ago. We also um, have our RN to BSN program, and um, then again, our traditional program. The master's degree program, we have about 91 students in that program, and that is in collaboration with a partnership with three other schools within the state. Uh, In addition to that, we have started our DMP program, and it's East Tennessee State University, TTU DMP program, where we have a BSN to a DMP and an MSN to a DMP. And And a DMP is a doctor of nursing practice. Of nursing practice, practice. yes, yes. And so we're very excited about that program and getting that program off the ground this year. Yeah, it's exciting to see the growth that has occurred over time in the School of Nursing and admitting students twice a year now instead of once, and, and uh, just tremendous growth in the, in the program. Um, what do these students do when they graduate? And let's talk about the Upper Cumberland, but just in general, where do they go and what do they do? When they graduate, the majority of our BSN students end up seeking employment as staff nurses in hospitals. Um, and We have a lot of our graduates that will stay here in the Upper Cumberland or within the state. Uh, So they are everywhere. We have students that, you know, not only go out of state some, they also go internationally and some go into missions as well. Yeah, it's interesting to see where all of them go. Now, how about the DNP, the Doctor of Nursing Practice? What will those students do? A lot of those students will, um, if they're in a BSN to a DNP, then they are in a specialty area, for example, family nurse practitioner, uh, pediatric nurse practitioner, uh, women's health nurse practitioner, acute care gerontology nurse practitioner. So those will go into practice. If they're in the MSN to DMP, a lot of those already have those specialty areas, and they may be interested in in staying in their practice or, again, working with universities as well. Well, this is Local Matters, and we are talking to Dr. Kim Hanna, Interim Dean of the School of Nursing at Tech, and Rebecca Talbert, one of the founding faculty members at uh, the School of Nursing. We'll be back in just a second.
We're talking to Becky Talbert and Dr. Kim Hanna about the School of Nursing. And well, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the partners that you have, the hospitals and and medical groups and other organizations that partner with the School of Nursing. How do our students get a chance to interact with practitioners, with folks that are in the medical centers and with with patients? We use a variety of clinical affiliates throughout the region, throughout the state, and we currently, of course, as I said, we utilize uh, Cookville Regional Medical Center, Cumberland Medical Center, the smaller hospitals, White County Hospital, River Park, Livingston. Uh, In addition, we have several clinical experiences that are with uh, hospitals such as Vanderbilt, UT Medical Center, East Tennessee Children's Hospital, and Erlanger. We also use a variety of our health departments, our school systems, um, home health, and our clinics. So we are very blessed to have the abundancy that we do have, but we are always, always searching for clinical arenas because, again, you know, there's some competitive issues throughout throughout our region as well as the state. And it's a good deal for these um, uh, partnering organizations. They get to, a chance to see a talented nurse and maybe make an offer to them after they uh, see them in a clinical practice. Yes. And along with that, we have a lot of the hospitals that come and, you know, roll out the red carpet and come in and talk to our students. I know St. Thomas Day is, is coming up in April where they'll come in and, and get to see the facility and talk with our, our students. Well, that's uh, uh, it's really important to get them a chance to practice what they preach and to get out there and see the the um, the re- the reality of of healthcare and and it is a challenging field, isn't it, Becky? How's it changed in the time that you've you've uh, uh, been in healthcare? As an example, to note change, when I graduated from Vanderbilt. In 1965, they did not have an intensive care unit. If a patient needed intensive care, they might have to stay in the recovery room for two days or three days, and that's where the open-heart surgery patient stayed, in one big, large room with 18 beds, which we learned many, many years is not good for a patient who's very sick. And they opened their first intensive care unit that summer. Small hospitals kept doing that as the time progressed, where you had one room that the patient had oxygen and um, the monitor and all of those kinds of things right there. Otherwise, we'd had to wheel in monitors. They had to wheel in all kinds of respiratory equipment, suction equipment. So just building a room that could house a person who needed all of this extra medical equipment was wonderful. And the nurses had to step up and get a great deal more education, such as learning how to read a monitor, because they didn't know how to read a monitor. I remember going to class and learning how to read a monitor in the early um, 70s. And so just progressing on to where, as an example here at Cookville Regional, when we started the nursing program, there was no cardiac surgery. Uh, There were no cardiologists in Cookville until many years after that. And the persons here worked with patients but I'm sure patients were lost because they couldn't be treated very quickly. And by the time you got them started to Nashville, they, they may or may not make it there. And so that's just in cardiovascular, which is one of the outstanding 
areas of the medical field, you see the tremendous amount of difference. And now they, there's been so much improvement in just delivery of care. And nurses along the way have kept up with what are the needs of that patient so that the nurse can be prepared to be at that bedside and be helpful in that need. The nurse is there 24 hours a day when they're in the hospital. And there may be a hospitalist, but they're still not there at the patient bedside 24 hours a day. So it must be the nurse who's there with keen observational and assessment skills watching to see what's going on. Yeah, the patient sees those nurses a great deal more than they see a doctor, don't they? And on the outside of the setting, uh, such as public health or now we have um, home health, when I first started practicing nurses, public health nurses made home visits, and particularly in the field of newborn babies. And that was an outstanding program because they could go into the home assess how knowledgeable the new mother was and help her with that baby in the first two weeks at home. We don't have that kind of practice anymore, but we do have more teaching within the health department regions for those people that need that extra education for caring for babies. But we do have home health, and most of those patients are chronic patients or elderly patients. That's a wonderful practice field for nursing to go into the home and make those assessments, report to the physician if there's a need for new orders, if the patient has gotten worse, new medications, uh, maybe the lab comes in and draws blood, that sort of thing. And that patient does not have to be kept institutionalized or taken back to the doctor as often if there is a nurse doing home health care. Yeah, I think we've all learned Mm -hmm. that getting that patient home or out of the hospital is about the healthiest thing you can do once the crisis has passed. And and educate the family members so that they feel more comfortable. Well, you're in a relatively new building on the campus at Tennessee Tech, uh, and um, you've got some great equipment in that building. So in addition to getting a chance to go out and practice in a hospital or a, a, a nursing home setting, you've got some phenomenal state-of-the-art technology and simulators. Tell us about SimMan and about the things you do with babies that are another way of teaching about nursing. Simulation is a field that is is up and coming, and we have, you know, for the last five years, we have really tried to put a lot into our simulation center. Uh, we are currently trying to upgrade and, uh, again, uh, make it the best that it possibly can be. Uh, We have both the high and the low fidelity simulators. The high fidelity simulators are able to replicate real patient scenarios and include things such as the breathing, the sweating, uh, the talking. Uh, They're typically run by computers and they have vital signs that change during the scenario based on the actions taken by the students. We have about five high fidelity patient simulators, including the SimMan uh, 3G, the SimMan Classic, Noel's, uh, Sim newbie and Sim baby. With the Noel, she can have a baby, so that's exciting. And then even with our simulated uh, newbie um, and our Sim baby, they can they can turn blue. So again, those are things that you know we can do that right there and allow the students to come in and work with those scenarios. The biggest thing about the simulation is once the simulation is complete. Then you can sit down with the students and you can do debriefing. And debriefing is one of the best things that you can do because you can talk about what happened to the patient, what could have been done differently, and you 
you are real careful not to lead the student, but to allow them to come up with those conclusions as well. And you sort of get the student a chance to make a few mistakes before they see a real patient. And that's healthier for the patient a lot of times. Yes, yes, yeah. And these things are pretty real. I've seen students turn blue trying to uh, (laughs) react to a crisis in in one of the simulators. Yes, yes, that is true. Uh, We have our low-fidelity simulators, and those are more for tasks and and scenarios from um, where the students are really looking at wound care, trait care, Foley insertion, and those kinds of things. Um, They have the limited functions where they can you know, use those for heart sounds, lung sounds, abdominal sounds, and we have about 10 low-fidelity simulators. Well, that's a great way to get experience and uh, uh, a great asset for the, for the School of Nursing. Now, you partner also with the College of Engineering and with other places on campus. Your students went to Cuba fairly recently and have done some other international trips that are almost a mission, but they're healthcare-related. Tell us about that really briefly. Dr. Melissa Geist has taken a group to Cuba. She's taken a group to Belize, and they have went in and looked at the medical needs of the community and were able to actually interact with with those uh, individuals in the villages. Um, in addition, Dr. Geist also works with the engineering students, and they go in and they do assessments to see if there are new innovative ways to utilize equipment or how equipment can be used better. So it, it's a very wonderful learning experience. The students in that course are engineering students as well as nursing students. So they learn from each other. So it's very interprofessional and they do a really good job in that. And it's a good chance to get those engineers right on the firing line with some robotics or some some mechanical equipment. And um, it, it makes a great team. I've sat in on some of those team meetings and it is really good to see nurses and engineers talking about making improvements that'll affect health care. Mm-hmm. Well, coming up very soon, and again, it happens every year, so we don't have to be specific on dates, but we've got Nurses Week coming up. Tell us about how we celebrate and how we thank nurses. Becky? We want to thank every nurse who works in the Upper Cumberland, and so we started a couple of years ago trying to get out the word to many different kinds of media saying, celebrate nurses in the Upper Cumberland. Think about your life and think about that you're going to be either interacting with a nurse or have already interacted with a nurse and how important that nurse may be in your life at a time of stress for you. We have newspaper, radio commentary that helps everyone think about this is Nurses Week. Where's a nurse? How can I thank that person? We also have billboards around this community. Um, we utilize about maybe 10 to 12 billboards. We also utilize the little mat marquees that are in front of businesses, and they'll put up Nurses Week, celebrate nurses in the Upper Cumberland. We have chairmen that are in Overton County, Cumberland County, and White County that also are working with media in that area to help us celebrate all the nurses in the Upper Cumberland and what they do for everyone. And we're just very, very happy this uh, first full week in May that is our emphasis week, but we're working toward that to let people know, don't forget Nurses Week. Well, and we all need nurses. We all uh, we ought to be thanking them all year round, anytime we, we see them for the great work they do. And I want to thank you for the great work going on 
in nursing education at, at Tennessee Tech. This is Local Matters, and our guests today have been Becky Talbert and Dr. Kim Hanna, and thank you both for being here. Thank you for having us. Thank you. It's been enjoyable.